Thank you for listening to this new episode of the podcast by the still water. It is our desire that these messages be an encouragement in your search for the God of heaven. Thank you for listening. How do you thank someone for a lifetime of kindness? The boy's name was Hans and he had been neglected and abandoned. There was no need for him to have gone hungry, but he had missed many meals. He was dirty and his clothes were torn and mismatched because no one cared enough to bathe him or to wash his clothes or to even care if he had clothes. His isolation had been so complete that he could not even ask for what he wanted because he had never learned to talk. No one talked to him, so how could he learn? But then someone stepped in to help. Her name was Tundi, and she took the boy in as her own. She was not his mother, but she filled that role and did so with love. Tundi made sure he was fed, clean, and safe. She made sure his clothes were clean and that they fit. She also gave him love and comfort. She soon had him talking, and by the time he began school, he could speak and understand words in three different languages. He did well in school, went to college, met a girl, and fell in love, and together they started a family. But Hans wanted to do something special for Tundi to say thank you for her kindness and her love. Tundi had lived her whole life within just a few miles of where she was born, and one day she had mentioned that she had never seen the ocean. So Hans packed up his children and wife, loaded Tundi into the car, and drove the hours to the house they had rented on the beach. Hans watched with tears in his eyes as Tundi saw and heard the waves for the first time. At first she was frightened by the vastness of the water, but soon was able to walk closer. She saw the long stretch of beach and soon let the water rush over her feet. She saw the tall sailboats being moved by the wind. It was the look of happiness and wonder that Hans saw on her face that made the trip worthwhile. This was what he wanted for Tindy, the person that had shown him so much kindness and compassion. In the podcast episodes, we have looked at a number of prayers by David from the book of Psalms. We are going to look at another prayer, but this one was written a thousand years after David. The person that wrote much of the New Testament was the Apostle Paul, and Included in that large body of work are a number of prayers. But the prayers of Paul often have an outward focus. In other words, Paul is praying for others. That is the kind of prayer we find in the third chapter of the letter to the Ephesians. That is consistent with the nature of the letter itself and Paul's writing in general. Paul's writing was sometimes addressed to groups of believers, and sometimes they were addressed to individuals. But no matter which, the letters were always personal. He wrote to Corinth and addressed the problems they were having. He wrote to his friend Timothy to encourage him, and he wrote to Philemon to ask a very hard personal favor. But the personal nature of the letters makes them more powerful than just a general discussion about a point of doctrine. These were real people, and in the case of the believers in Ephesus, he was writing to people that were good friends and people that he knew well and loved. So, as he writes, Paul expresses that personal connection in the prayers that he offers. 
But in that expression, we see something of what he would desire for us as well. Like the songs of David, these personal messages and insights were meant to be shared, were meant to be repeated, and meant to be studied by other believers, even to us today. So place yourself among the believers in the port city of Ephesus, along the southwestern coast of Asia Minor, what is modern Turkey. You have heard that your teacher and friend, Paul, is under house arrest in the city of Rome, waiting for his chance to appear before Caesar. This is disturbing news. When Paul was living in Ephesus, he had been a teacher of the way, the message of hope in Jesus. He had talked about the God of heaven and how his son had made hope possible for everyone, no matter who or where they might be. The message was radical in nature, erasing the divisions of ethnicity, economics, and social status. Slaves and nobles were welcome in equal measure. Men and women were welcomed in equal measure. What had happened in the past could be forgiven, and mercy extended to all of those willing to listen and obey the message of Jesus. But now, confined under house arrest, Paul has sent a letter to you and to the others he knew in Ephesus, and part of that was a prayer for them. Here is a portion of that letter. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in the inner man, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, height, and depth and to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. Paul uses the expression of being rooted and grounded. We have to have a basic understanding of the story before we can really begin to appreciate it. Think of Hans and his love for Tundi. He loved her and wanted the best for her. He wants to show her the beach and the ocean because She had never seen such an amazing sight. He wanted her heart full of wonder and joy. But there is a journey to get there. The time it took to plan, to save the money, and the miles they traveled to the beach were significant. That preparation got them to the wonder of the ocean. And a preparation of learning about God's message is a step that can get us to the place where we can see God's plan. But it takes time, it takes effort, and it takes a desire to get to that place where we can see God's plan unfolded. Paul says that the grand view begins with knowing Jesus. But saying it that way misses the point. He says that Christ must dwell in your heart. To know someone is one thing, but to truly appreciate them is another. This is not just about knowing that there is someone named Jesus and know a few things he said. This is about grasping the story as it relates to you and to everyone else. The story of Jesus becomes your story too. Paul says to know the story like that means seeing the big picture. He uses this unusual phrase that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth, length, 
height, and depth. These are the directions of up, down, left, and right, front to back. He is describing something with three dimensions, something large that takes effort to comprehend. In New York City, most first-time tourists make a point of visiting what has become known as Ground Zero, or the former location of the World Trade Center Twin Towers. Each building covered an acre of ground. Today, those spots are occupied by two memorial fountains. If someone visited the site and did not know the story of September 11th or had never heard of the Twin Towers, they would simply look like two very deep, square waterfalls. But for those that know the story of that day, the two square waterfalls mean so much more. They can picture in three dimensions the incredibly tall buildings. They can see the people fleeing the fires and falling debris and the huge structures collapsing. They are connected to the event by what they know and what they understand. Paul asks that of us concerning the story of Jesus and the plan of God to save man. That plan stretches across time, cultures, languages, and world events. But can you see it? Have you heard enough to picture it in your mind? Can you see the plan to use one man's descendants to tell the story? Can you see the many things that pointed to the coming of Jesus, what he would say and do, and how he would be treated by his enemies and by his friends, and how his death would not be allowed to stand? All of these are but a few of the elements of that huge story. It is like Hans taking Tundi to the ocean. Looking out from the beach on a clear day, someone might be able to see as far as 15 miles out to sea. The ocean is so much bigger than can be seen from the beach. Paul says that the love of Christ cannot be put inside the frame of up, down, left, right, front, and back. The love that is shown in the story of Jesus is just too big to be comprehended by the human mind. But that does not stop us from looking outward and being amazed. And it does not stop us from being changed by the understanding of that great love. That is the purpose behind the prayer of Paul. He wants them and he wants us to see the beauty and power of God's plan and the love that made it possible. It is not easy and it takes the strength of the Spirit and a foundation in the understanding of God's message to us. But it is the realization that can change your life. There is so much more to discuss in Ephesians that we will return here for other podcasts. But know that Paul wanted us to see the same things. He wanted you and me to stare into the wonder and strain to see all that there is of God's plan. He wanted us to shake our heads in wonder at the love of Jesus. He wanted us to turn our attention to the story and be connected to it so that we could see and understand even more each day. We stand on the edge of the ocean and look out. Do you see it? Can you see the love of Jesus? Thank you for listening to this episode of By the Still Water. 
It is our desire that these messages reflect the true Word of God. If you would like to reach us, you can reach us by email at bythestillwater2024 at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook at By the Still Water Podcast. Please consider subscribing. This will alert you to new episodes when they are made available. Again, thank you for listening.